What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Hey, happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Two birthdays essentially in the same week. Yeah. Um, I can't believe we're doing an episode of Mind Over Magic right now when I'm almost almost completely magicked out. Yeah, you're magicked out. You I mean, you were uh, we were off last week because you were away celebrating uh, your birthday, you had a nice little vacation. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we were in Costa Rica. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a birthday celebration, but it um, lined up that way. Okay, it was sort of coincidental, but it worked out. There you go. That's nice. So a little R and R. Yes, sir. And uh, and then I had yeah, my we're recording today Thursday. I had my birthday yesterday. Uh, my birthday wasn't as relaxing. I did three Zoom shows, <laughs> three virtual shows. And that's how I celebrated my birthday. So you're also magicked out. I'm a bit magicked out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now just imagine that you're at a convention with 2,000 other magicians. Yeah, because you just got out of Magic Live, the, uh, the, the annual, is it the biggest magic convention in the States? I'm not sure if it's the biggest or not, but it certainly feels like it, it could mm-hmm. be. If it's not, it's, it's, it's in the top two, three, right? I mean, right. It's, it's, it's a big one. It is a big one. And uh, yeah. tell me all about it. it would, were you lecturing? Were you performing? Were you just hanging out? I popped in just for fun. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, yeah, boy, it was the first one in years because of the pandemic. Yes. So I think this one may, be, may have even been bigger than normal. Right. Because everyone was uh, chomping at the bit to get to their convention that they've been missing and seeing their friends and together i've only been to half of one ever yeah you're not usually here for it not, and i wish you were not usually there for it i the only time i went i like went to half of the events because i was doing other stuff in town mm-hmm. and then like ended up instead of seeing the shows going to vegas shows because i had friends who were not part of the convention there right right <laughs> so i have never been to a full magic live so we might have to change that in the future yeah i think you should go um it's uh it's a different experience for me. Like it's a lot of, you know, saying hello to people and greeting people, taking photos and things, which is really fun. I always enjoy it. And everyone's super polite. And, um, but I will say the difference was this time around, a lot of people were mentioning the podcast, our podcast. Yes. Whoa. (laughs) Isn't that cool? Excellent. Well, thank you for all of those, uh, listeners that are there. Uh, like people would just walk by and say funky, Oh, so so funny! This is yeah. This is why we need merch. We need funky shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of cool and sort of unexpected, and like that was a that was a fun thing. Um, that's great. That's great. The dealer's hear. room Thank was you. packed, dude. My one of my favorite things is like to go into the dealer's room, mm-hmm. and um, for those it really is like uninitiated. Tell what a dealer's room is in case people who not who are listening to this don't know what a magic convention consists of. Yeah, if you've never been to a magic convention, um, the dealer's room is kind of like a trade show. All the different magic stores, whether online or real uh, in-person magic stores, they set up booths or tables, so to speak, mm-hmm. around a big conference space. And they show all the latest and greatest of what they're selling in the magic world, whether it be magic books or um, magic videos or magic props or new magic toys or everything from little gadgets they create to intense electronics. I mean, it's, it's really an exciting thing to see. 
Right. And some are just uh, performers or inventors or creators that have their, you know, just their their wares and they're selling their own lecture notes or whatnot as well. So it's kind of like you got your small homegrown to your big magic mega stores. <laughs> it's kind of a, an everything in between. Uh, yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. You'll have a magic, mega magic store that sells sort of just about everything you can find in the world of magic. Then you'll have people like, say, um, Martin Lewis, who's like a legend in magic uh, for decades now, who goes and sells literally his own material that he's been creating and mm-hmm. putting out over mm-hmm. time. So yeah, uh, it's a very cool thing, but it was packed. It was um, packed. I went on the opening night, yeah, and I really didn't get to see anything. Really? Because I, you- yeah. It was so crowded you couldn't even get up to the tables or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not only that, it's a lot of catching up and seeing sure. people and all sure, of that. Sure, sure. But um, it was packed. So my plan was, okay, I'm going to, next day, I'm going to show up during the lunch break. Mm, smart. So, you know, no one's going to be there. And it was packed. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, so, I mean, I think it was an amazing show for the dealers and talking to some of them. I think they said it was, you know, the best they'd ever had. So it really was uh, an exciting thing. And I did eventually get to uh, make my way to some tables and get some stuff. But it really is a who's who in there. Uh, David Copperfield is there kind of shopping around. I saw Teller in there and lots of other uh, big names in Magic that are all interested in seeing the latest and greatest. So that was really cool. I did get to pop into some of the shows and, and lectures and things just sort of briefly. Um, and it was a huge success. Yesterday was the final day. I, I was magicked out from the night before. I had, I'd gone to the bar uh, mm-hmm. the night before and sort of stayed out uh, later later than I had planned to. So um, the, the, the final day, I said, I just it's just I can't do it. <laughs> right because it's i had, too I had much. To, of course i'm working throughout all of this i'm performing right. literally every night and yeah. going in early for rehearsals for some things we're working on so um the final day i didn't make it but i was sad to not make it right yeah and uh again it's it's just a lot of these magic conventions are uh the best parts are just the hangouts afterwards at the bar and again you're talking about all these magic celebrities yourself included that are just walking around and you know everyone's excited to see you and take photographs and talk to you i mean the amount of photographs i've just saw on my news my facebook wall of like david copperfield and everyone's photos yeah it was crazy i was gonna photoshop my face uh into some photos to pretend like i was there (laughs) but then just replace copperfield's face with mine so it looks like people are (laughs) just posing with me but uh um, but yeah, I, no, I felt I felt amazing. bad by the end of it because I was so tired. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, the bar is the most fun part. It wasn't for me. Like I was <laughs> chatting with people I was really excited to be seeing mm-hmm. and excited to be meeting or conversating with. And I said, I'm so sorry, I'm a terrible conversationalist because I'm just so exhausted right, right now. Right. So that's where that's where I landed at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about the shows? Did uh, was there anything exciting? Any highlights? Lectures? Shows you, you saw? Or anything from the dealer's room you picked up you're excited about? It's also overwhelming. I'd be I couldn't even tell you what I got in the dealer's room. Just I went to blur. one one guy's booth from uh I, I think maybe France. Okay. And I just got everything. I just took Every- everything he was selling, I just thought, <laughs> just give me one of each. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> magic really was it? What was it like? cards was i mean there's a lot of mentalists there these it was days just too. mostly was... like little gimmicky like things that okay. i don't normally get you yeah, know yeah and i just everything he demoed for me i enjoyed so i was like yeah and, and i like to support you know and i just said yeah like 
just let's go with the whole the whole bundle the whole lot <laughs> i'll buy you out yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because there were a couple things that i already i know i have sure but i said just give me the bundle <laughs> yeah just sort that out later you're gonna end yeah. it up on ebay if you get duplicates <laughs> i've done that and it's funny before. too because a couple other people joined in the bandwagon behind me they're like yeah me too me too yeah, yeah. <laughs> This guy must have loved it. Like just Yeah, like, no, he did. The bundles, yeah. I didn't even know I was selling everything at once. <laughs> <laughs> I saw three bundles go while I was sitting there. So <laughs> that's standing awesome. Standing there. Yeah. That's amazing. And then so you were also performing your shows and you obviously there's thousands of magicians that are in town. Did you have a lot of magicians come to the sh- your show this yes. past week? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh we had uh and some of them I knew too which is fun um but yeah lots of magicians at the show the magi descended upon us there you go yeah do, do you think it's weirder to do you prefer performing your vegas show knowing that there are magic people in the audience does it change anything you do or how you perform or you just do it as if they're lay people um do, do you see a difference at all do you prefer performing uh, for the lay audience versus a mostly magic crowd or I enjoy think? it. I mean, I, I like magic is so niche. So like there are a lot of little facets of magic and I'm not sure even magicians listening to this. Some may not realize, like, for example, one guy who was at the show last night, his name's Patrick. Um, his, his the reason he goes to magic live is because he creates close up pads mm, and right. he creates the best ones in the business. Right. Sure. So these are the, if you ever see a magician performing on like a fuzzy surface, right? It's not. It's generally. It's usually ten, nine out of ten times. It's it's not gimmicked or anything. It's just because it things look better on it and it's easier to pick things up off of it and it's a really pleasant surface to perform on. And he was at the show last night and he makes all the pads we use in the show. Oh, amazing! So it was really cool to have him there. Um, for example, last night I looked out and maybe in the third or fourth row I saw um, maybe a teenager. I'm not sure how old he was wearing a lanyard. And it, lo- and it looked like he was by himself. And that to me is like awesome. Like, oh, this is a young magician that uh, is in Vegas for Magic Live and, right. you know, found their way to their to the show by themselves. And I was like, this is, I don't know, for the lack of a better word, adorable. Like, awesome. <laughs> um, we had a bunch of magicians that, like, are well-known in other countries that I, I hadn't yet been familiar with um, that are popular in in foreign territories that I get to meet and chat with afterwards and they show me some of their work on their phone and videos and stuff and then I I see their social media accounts and realize like oh wow these are these are established names and it's Mm -hmm. it's really Mm -hmm. neat and really cool and it doesn't change the material in the show per se um but I I just appreciate that they appreciate coming which is really cool well I didn't think it would change the material because you're going to do the show but does it change the way of how you're presenting at all do you change your performance uh, you Since pl- you're pushing me on it, do you do you, do you play <laughs> to the magicians in the crowd at all? Since you're pushing me on it, I do little things. I want to so know. For- That's what I'm curious about. Okay, That's fascinating all right. to me. All right, so I I, I do. I wasn't gonna go to it. So, like for example, <laughs> when I do a bill switch, uh-huh. like traditionally it's done with a thumb tip, and I don't use a thumb tip. So, I'll. As I'm doing it, I'll wiggle both thumbs and then continue on oh, with the that's switch. Amazing. I, I do that when I know magicians are in the audience just to like keep them from zoning out because sure. now it's oh now it's interesting. Oh, there's no thumb tip, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like just little things like that where I know what they're thinking and then I can go, Oh, this is not that. Right. I do. That's so like that's an example. Awesome. 
I yeah. see this is I'm glad I pushed for that. <laughs> and we're amongst friends. Our listeners who listen to this want to know these things. Yeah, and I never knew if magicians were picking up on it or not, mm-hmm. but someone did actually mention it recently. They're like, when you did that thumb wiggle, were you doing that because we were there? And I was like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and so. it just goes by the normal lay audience because they don't know the difference, really. Right, right. Yeah. It just looks yeah. like I'm you know, showing yeah. my hand empty or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's really fun. Well, yeah, it sounds like you had a blast. Thumbs up. Yeah, no, we did it. We did have a blast. We did have a blast. But speaking of shows, yeah, um, I had a busy, I'm excited. I had a busy Saturday. Last I'm week. excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. A, I've been doing crossword puzzles. That's what oh, Tian and I okay. were doing every sure. day on vacation. Mm. And one of the answers was SNL. Oh yeah, nice. Which I we did figure out, and yeah. you were there. Yeah, that was the end of a very busy day uh, last week where I uh, it first started with a uh, lunch with a bunch of mentalists and we were meeting up with like well-regarded and renowned for his work with uh, Darren Brown is uh, the magician and mentalist Andy Nyman. And Andy Nyman's in town uh, because he's in a Broadway production right now uh, because he is uh, an actor foremost, but he also does magic in the side and consults, of course. He's like kind of Darren Brown's right-hand man through all of his specials. Uh, and I heard in an interview recently, he was actually offered that TV gig first and turned it down to focus on the acting. He's like, I'm an actor, you know? So anyway, I got to meet with him for the first time and just have a great brunch. And then I saw his show that he was in, which is playing currently called The Hangmen, which is like this fun, dark comedy about um, uh, just like the end of the hanging era in the UK. And there's sort of like a true crime element. He was fantastic. And I think you'd like the show, Matt. It's very, uh, very uh, like funny in a dark way. (laughs) Yeah, it's very interesting. But then I rushed from there straight to Saturday Night Live. And I got to see the rehearsal for that show. And it was pretty amazing. I mean, um, I won the lottery uh, you submit at the beginning of the season, uh, and then they just you get an email if you win. And uh, I went with a friend, and we um, we got we get there early. Uh, she knew to get there in line uh, before even the time we were told on the email, and that got us into the lounge. They check your ticket, they check your vaccination. They're super safe with all that protocol. Still, you go through a metal detector. And you know, then- you don't have to mention that anymore, right? The pandemic's over. Yeah, well, they're still very being very, very specific. <laughs> I mean, magicians are doing card to mouth again. I, I mean, know. we're back, baby. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like that magic live that uh, no one cared <laughs> from the photos that I saw. <laughs> but um, but yeah, then uh, then you're just waiting in this lounge area and they give you an alcoholic beverage. They have like sodas and you're just chilling with your ticket until it's time for them to funnel you into the studio. So again, we were did the dress rehearsal. That's what we got tickets for. So um, the dress rehearsal starts at eight and goes to wait about a minute. 10. I didn't know that was a thing. I feel like that's even better in a way. Yeah, it is better because it's more show. This is the show they do right before it goes live and they do extra sketches and extra jokes in it to see what plays. And between the dress and going live, they cut things for time. And Is it full dress, like confetti and all? It's literally like they're doing the show. Do but, they ever use footage from it in the live show? Um, I, 
rare. I don't think that's ever. That might have happened. I don't know of any instances. My guess is yes. But I don't think. I think it, the whole point of the show is that it's live. So if it's live, it's live. Maybe mm-hmm. if it's in emergency situations that may have happened in the past. But I yeah. know they've used footage like on their Instagram and Twitter feed. They actually will show a few um, like cut for time sketches. Mm-hmm. So from the dress that didn't make it. And sometimes you're mm-hmm. like, that should have made it. But um, what was interesting is we got amazing seats. We were the the way the studio. It's like kind of like the the there's a balcony that kind of curves around, and then there's a few floor seats. And we were up in the balcony, which we decided was a better seat. We were front row, just left, uh, just right of center. So we were watching. Uh, this was when Benedict Cumberbatch was hosting uh, with musical guest Arcade Fire. And uh, just seeing the sets that were all over the place and uh, the, the people in the floor seats kind of, depending on how they're pulling sets out to set up the next sketch, like uh, their view is blocked. So us being in that front row, we could see everything. And of course, there's monitors and TVs all over the place so you can see what the camera's actually seeing. And where we were, most of the sketches were happening right in front of us. There's only like one or two that were on the far left of the studio that we didn't have a good view of uh but it was just really really interesting because there's mics obviously picking up the audience and i you know we saw lauren michael standing in the side and he you know is paying attention to what's playing what's not playing well and uh we actually ended up predicting which sketches would be cut for the live show and we were pretty accurate of which ones you know weren't weren't hitting as well (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) throughout mm -hmm. But again, it's literally fascinating to see. Um, some highlights were just like they have a handler that just grabs the host. So if they grab Benedict Cumberbatch and they just bring drag him to where he needs to be. So if he has to go back and do a costume change, because he's you know the hosts are the least familiar with the show, so they don't right. Know. They need guidance and mm-hmm. chaperones everywhere because they're exactly. not familiar with the set as much. Mm-hmm. Unless it's their fifth time in which they get a jacket. Right. That's right. Which. <laughs> He's only, on He's only on two. He's only on two. But he was he was hilarious, and uh, he really commits to the characters. Uh, I also thought it was interesting seeing the uh, the cue card people because they they're like moving them in sync with each other. There's a person behind them catching them and keeping the cue cards in order so that they can reuse them if you know things don't change between dress and uh, live show. And there's even uh, someone conducting for some of the musical pieces where the actors have to sing in sketches. So they're literally conducting and cueing the actors on when to come in. Uh, that's just right behind the camera. So it was fun to see all the behind the scenes. And it's almost like a magic trick in a way because as they're doing one sketch, they're setting up one ahead for another sketch and mm-hmm. another part of the studio. And uh, just seeing the, the elaborate sets and I don't know. It was amazing. It was a wonderful experience. It must be such a well-oiled machine. Uh, it is. By I mean, they're in the 47th season, so they've been doing it for quite a long time. Uh, there's some interesting traditions, like as we were coming in, Michael Che, he didn't do like stand-up, but he was kind of doing, and not really crowd work, but he was doing like warm-up and just kind of getting everyone hyped. You know? Well, is there a warm-up guy for that? For- like that was Michael Che's job. That was his hmm. job was just to warm everyone up and get them hyped up. Uh, and then there's like a tradition where Keenan uh, Thompson sings a song with some backup dancers behind him. Uh, again, just to, to get the energy in the room. And then they go right into the cold open. And then, you know, the, the opening credits play. And then we're into the monologue and they're off and running. Happy birthday, Keenan Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> May 10th. Oh, there you go. You got the same... <laughs> 
I think uh, yeah, today, I just found that out. As we're recording, I think is Michael Che's birthday, so that's funny. Too. Yeah, so someone at Magic Live predicted my birthday, and they're like, "Oh, I just got Keenan Thompson in mind." You know, it was like oh, a weird. Very funny. It, was, it was some sort of roundabout way of saying May tenth. We're just <laughs> saying all the best people are born in May, and yeah, neither of us are best. biased. In any way. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have any idea why? In 2022, when like most shows are using uh, teleprompters that are digitally done, like why are there certain shows, SNL being one of them, Seth Meyers, where like they they prefer cue cards? I don't know the answer to that. Do you? It's probably tradition, a lot of it, but also maybe it's just easier to read, especially to be able to make. I mean, you'd think making edits would be easier on a teleprompter, but. I mean, you've got to scroll it. Maybe it's just a preference in terms of seeing a whole card of words rather than something scrolling. I don't know. Well, I could see, for example, on like a late night show where where the host might have his or her preference. Right. But on, on a show like SNL, where the host rotates every week, was the host using the cue cards? The host was, the cast was as well, and it was interesting to see like the different colors and you know in the script I know for SNL they don't they don't ever put the character names it's always the actor name so they can know exactly who's reading no matter what the sketch is so they don't right have to remember. that makes sense because you're playing so many characters yeah, per episode exactly maybe. Yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so that was really fun to see as well um, so yeah it might be just. You know, it might also just because it's a union position and then they just got the cue card person. And they got job security. I don't know. I'm dying. This is the stuff I'm interested in. Yeah. The behind the behind the behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I literally I had someone at the show last night uh, backstage and like uh, I was right before the show and he's like, I have so many questions for you. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I don't know. Like, you know, what time do you get here? How do you get here? Do you drive here? Does a car pick you up? Do you have a parking spot? Like, I was like, <laughs> these are the things you're interested in? <laughs> yeah. What goes into a Vegas show? What's the day to day? Now, as, as we're sitting here talking about SNL, I have the same boring questions. <laughs> well, I feel like our listeners want to know the answers to those questions. And I know yeah, them right. <laughs> because I've literally driven in your car to your parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so here we are. And what time do you get to your show, Matt? I told, listen, I want people to think I just teleport there. But Boom. you don't. No, no but that's that. how it needs to feel. <laughs> okay, it's, okay. Right? It needs to feel like there's a teleportation. Boom, we're there. The show happens. Boom, I disappear, and I go back off to a magical land. I thought you cut the teleportation to start your show. Well, <laughs> for now. For, for now. now. I didn't throw it out. No, 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 no. It still exists. <laughs> it might come back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a couple people mention it, like, "Oh, I, I like, uh, like people who had been to the show mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you know I saw at Magic Live, like, I love how you jump off the screen at the beginning." And yeah. I was like, "Oh well, used to." <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> used to. I like it didn't too. Know. Maybe it'll maybe it'll come back. Uh, a couple more thoughts from SNL that I liked was like, during the dress, there was definitely some more risque jokes. That they really? Could, yeah, because they knew they weren't gonna, you know, go live with them, so they mm-hmm. put some in just to see the reaction. I think, and mm-hmm. definitely knew that, like we heard some, you know, during Weekend Update too. Were like, well, that's not gonna make it, <laughs> and they just, you know, have extra monologue jokes that they put into the, the Weekend Update. Um, so that was fun to see. And so then, you don't stay for the taping; you just watch the live show. You watched it on TV, and then you could see the differences. Is that correct? It? Yeah. So mm-hmm. they funnel the audience out, and as you're funneling out, a new audience is coming in that got the live um, ticket. And it's not just lottery. There's standby lines, like people who do the standby. 
stay overnight the night before and then like it's not even guaranteed a ticket <laughs> you know it's you know crazy. how many people are in the studio audience another boring question uh like a hundred or you're asking two? me to estimate matt we already uh, know i thought maybe you know <laughs> um if i were to try to estimate yeah never mind just don't I'd even say try like a hundred or so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right <laughs> I said 100, which gave you a reference point. And then you're just like, I'm going to go with that. Exactly. And then, it's, like, it's like when you were answering trivia questions last week, and I would just hear what you said and go, that sounds good. Oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're going to have to re- rematch uh, the Piff Pod. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But um, the, uh, the last part is uh, I didn't know these even existed, is on your way out, they give you a little discount code to the, to the NBC store. And they have um, – custom t-shirts for that episode so you know the little uh instagram post they always do of that image of like the date and then the host and then the musical guest on note cards they -hmm. have that as a t-shirt and they're never available after the show you know when the store opens up monday morning or whatever because the two audiences just sell it out every time right so right i have my commemorative t-shirt and i'm very happy about it Ah, you should have wore it today just to show it off. Well, it's an audio podcast, Matt. No, but for me. (laughs) I'm sure you'll see it eventually. (laughs) Fair enough. So it was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but it doesn't mean I'm going to not keep submitting to that lottery because, man, it would be fun to go back again. And uh, I I don't know. You know, mentalists predict lotteries all the time, and I was lucky once. Maybe I'll be lucky again and get it again. Would you go every week if you could? I don't know every week. That seems yeah. like, a, I mean, Saturdays are prime, you know, performance times for me. <laughs> so, but I No, I mean, hypothetically, if I you could, could, for fun, if you could. I think, yeah, because I'm a big comedy fan. I mean, I grew up on SNL. I remember, you know, watching it when I was very little. Like, my brother got me into that show. And I just remember spending every afternoon watching reruns of SNL after school and... Uh, I think you could learn something new every time. I really do. Absolutely. And just seeing how the sketches are written and just what the comedy of the day is, that's what makes it so exciting that it's a new show every week. And yeah. um, you learn little insights, too, of certain sketches that were like pitched for other hosts that you know didn't make it to air that are then repitched later on and maybe it's better with a different host and i'm just so fascinated by the whole process and you know coming in on day one on mondays and pitching ideas to lauren and the the host and then going to writing days on tuesday doing the table read wednesday it's just like such a process getting the production team together to make the sets and the costumes and everything you know it's 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 all day long affair and they put so much work in and uh that's why you know sometimes they they really take that sunday to rest and sometimes you know they take weeks off to rest because it's a Mm -hmm. it's a it's a grind for sure but it's great it's an amazing one and it's been a long lasting one and i'm so, so happy you got to see it yeah it was fantastic that was what does benefit mean uh uh a um a fantastic i'm looking at our savage. show notes <laughs> uh this is something else i did i went to a benefit uh that i wanted to tell you a little bit about on wednesday a friend of mine is on the board of directors there uh and it was a fundraising event for um a, a nonprofit called culture for one and what that is their mission is they take um kids in foster care youths and young adults in foster care 
and they give them opportunities for the arts. So, um, so uh, there was a lot of great speeches of uh, a young woman who mentioned how she's uh, got into her dream school, and it was all thanks to you know having top quality art supplies that were provided to her through the organization, uh, as well as uh, you know they do little excursions for uh, the kids to go see Broadway shows. So it's just about fostering the young artistic side and seeing such a big difference in these um, youth lives because of the arts. And I figured since we're part of the arts, I, I wanted to give them a little plug. I ended up donating a little bit uh, to help them with some of their excursions as well. And it was just uh, an amazing night. We got to see some lovely performances from students that were, you know, in the, uh, uh, you know, dance world, some singers as well. And it was just, uh, I was just like one of those, like pulling at your heartstrings kind of things. And I was uh, happy to be there and support it. Very cool. So uh, just give them a shout out. Love the shout out and love to stump you with my trivia questions today. But first, I need a riddle. All right, let's jump over to riddles. It's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. All right, Matt, here we go. This riddle has stumped 98% of Harvard students. Supposedly, they got this wrong. But 83% of kindergartners got this right. Okay. <laughs> so, just putting that out there. Uh, I turn polar bears white, and I make you cry. I make guys have to pee, and girls comb their hair. I make celebrities look stupid, and normal people look like celebrities. I make pancakes brown and make your champagne bubble. If you squeeze me, I'll pop. But if you look at me, you'll pop. Can you guess the riddle? Wow. Yeah. That is not one I've heard before. Exactly. This is one I found recently. And the, uh, the, the premise at the start really hooked me in. That 98% of Harvard students got this wrong but 83% of kindergartners got it right. Did you try to solve it yourself? Yes. Did you solve it? Uh, I I had an idea of where it was going, and I confirmed it when I checked. <laughs> I, I looked it up. Okay. Just to be sure. But you did get it correct? Uh, I would uh, – That's uh, I, I can't answer that now. I will answer it later once you take a stab at this. <laughs> you were kind of on the right track. I'm not going to say how I did because it's not about how I did. I'm not a Harvard student or a kindergartner, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's hear it again. Sure. All right. I'm going to start from the beginning because I love that opening. 98% okay. of Harvard students got this wrong and 83% of kindergartners got this right. Uh, I turn polar bears white and I will make you cry. I make guys have to pee and girls comb their hair. I make celebrities look stupid and normal people look like celebrities. I make pancakes brown and make your champagne bubble. If you squeeze me, I'll pop. But if you look at me, you'll pop. Can you guess the riddle? No. <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> The correct answer is no. So because wow. I said no, I got it right. 
Wow. So I couldn't answer your previous question. Wow. So that lead-in tells you everything you need to know because, you know, supposedly Harvard students, I guess the the uh, <laughs> the the uh, the stereotype is they're very smart, so they're not going to, you know, they're going to think about this. Although I've met some Harvard students now. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but the idea is that kindergartners give up on it right away. They're just like, no, I don't know it. And then <laughs> Harvard students are like trying to spend all their time figuring out all the things that make this nonsense riddle work. Right, right. <laughs> so I didn't know how you were going to feel about this one. I almost didn't do it just because I knew it would make you mad and was afraid of you calling it a butt riddle. <laughs> but i got it you got it right so well done yes awesome <laughs> let's jump Alrighty. over to trivia matt picks up the question then he stares at it eric's at the ready time to use his wit pressure 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 trivia pressure trivia What TV show is credited for a massive surge of applications for courses in forensic science? Oh, okay. Well, off the bat, it's got to be... It's got to be like one of these cop shows. Um, I do have choices. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get it right away. Right away, I'm thinking CSI. But um, I don't, I'm not sure if that's listed uh, or if there's another one. Like, I know a lot of people went to forensics because of, like, Sherlock Holmes, but there's not really, like, a Sherlock show other than the BBC one and the elementary one. So I don't know when this question was created to know what shows were on TV during that time. So let's hear the choices, Matt. A, CSI. Mm -hmm. B, X-Files. C, Law and Order. Mm -hmm. D, NCIS. Okay. So I think you emphasized the X-Files to try and throw me off a little bit here. I actually don't know the answer. <laughs> well, X-Files didn't do much forensic science because it's all paranormal. I think my gut answer, and it seems very obvious and easy, would be CSI. So that's my guess. That's a yes. <laughs> all right. Good work. Uh, I feel like that was too easy. Do you have another one or no? Sure. All right, let's do one more. Is that all in the TV category? That was in the TV category. Yeah. I have more in the TV category. Sure. I love a good TV trivia. All right. Let's see what we do here. Let me give you one that I definitely don't know. What about Game of Thrones? Let's do it. Let's try it. You, you, you're you familiar? I watched every single episode and have opinions about the last season, so let's do oh, this. Oh, no, this might be another really easy one then. <laughs> okay. What is the last surviving dragon in Game of Thrones? Oh, well, now we're in spoiler territory for anyone who hasn't seen it. Oh, let's see. Do you not know right away? I don't know right away because, okay. oh, man, it's all based off that last season that was not great. Now, the reason I didn't <sighs> ask this one is because I don't know how to pronounce the choices. Well, ones, <laughs> I, the only ones I remember are, there, I remember two, and I believe there were three. Uh, Viserion was maybe one? That is uh, choice A. Dra Dragon or that is choice C. <laughs> and what? Give me B. I think I, I would say maybe like Ragel. Uh, Ragel. 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 Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Um. And there is a D as well. There's one that Daenerys was. Uh, uh, is it like Draconis or something? I don't know. Uh, the last one is Bronn. 
Bron is not a dragon. That is a human. <laughs> okay, but he has a choice. Okay. So <laughs> I feel like uh, Danny had one that was her favorite, and I believe that's the one that survived. I, d- I don't know. This is a guess. I'm not a huge Game of Thrones um, book reader, so it's all based off the television show. I'll go with Viserys. Viserys or Viserion? Viserion. Viserion, yeah. Uh, final answer? Yeah. Incorrect. Okay. C, then. Dragon. That yeah. is correct. <laughs> and didn't Dragon do all those uh, Cirque shows as well? Yeah, yeah. Franco. <laughs> Franco. Franco Dragon. Would right. I sound more legit if I went by, like, like if it was Matt Franco? <laughs> Only if we could still call them Magicians, your fan. <laughs> hey, I didn't come up with it. <laughs> We're going to end on that one? Oh, right. you want more? Yeah, I want to do one more. I, can't, I don't feel good about that. That was too specific. <laughs> okay. All right. Plus, it's a rubber match. I got one right, one wrong. All right. Hold on. All right. I mean, we know right. we have listeners that tune in just for this segment, so let's give them, give them right. their money. This is an interesting one, and I'm I I'm not. I think I do know the answer, and if I know it, it's too easy. Let me see if I have it right. No, okay, all right. What was the first animated series made for prime time network television? Hmm. My gut says The Simpsons, but keep going. What are the choices? Felix the Cat. Okay. The Flintstones. Mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. The Simpsons. Right. Okay. I feel like, hmm, I don't know when. I feel like Scooby-Doo and Flintstones were like Saturday morning cartoons. Felix the Cat? Um, I think that's why it was such a big deal was that it was The Simpsons were the first prime time. I'm going to go Simpsons. Incorrect. That's what you chose too? I did choose The Um, Simpsons. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a a gimme. All right, let's go Flintstones then. That's what I would say. And it is The Flintstones. (laughs) All right. It was broadcast from uh, September 30th, 1960 to 1966 on ABC, the most financially successful network animated franchise for nearly three decades until it was finally overtaken by The Simpsons. Ah, okay, one more. To be fair, though... um, I was not alive when the Flintstones were in prime time. They were only on Saturday morning cartoons for me. Let's work on this one together. All right. We're going to do one more. We're getting extended trivia. I love it. <laughs> I, I do too, actually. Since, so you, in since 19... you've started the uh, – you got the riddle so fast. We'll do more. Yeah. This <laughs> more is also trivia. before both of our times, but yeah. I, I, I want to give it a shot here, see if we can figure it out together. Okay. In 1981, mm-hmm. what show became the lowest rated series ever renewed for a second season? Yikes. Choices. Three's Company, mm-hmm. Dynasty, mm-hmm. Hill Street Blues, mm-hmm. Simon and Simon. Uh, the now, the only rating. show I've seen is Three's Company. What it, do you know what Dynasty is? Yep, Dynasty, and I know, um, what was the third one? Uh, Hill Street Blues, which Hill I've Street. heard of. Yeah, I don't even know what Simon and Simon is. <laughs> okay, so let's assume that one didn't get renewed. Hill Street Blues, I know the theme song, but I've never seen mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about it? Was it a cop show or something? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Details. Do you know what Dynasty was? On the spot. I feel like Dynasty was like a long running. Yeah. 
show. Three's company was long running, but I wouldn't be shocked if it took a while to take off. Right. Let's go with like, Three's company. That's what. Yeah, I that's what thinking. I would say. No. Go with Dynasty. No. <laughs> Hill Street or Simon and Simon. Let's do Hill Street. This is this is like the uh, Scoop Fest trivia all over I again. I know. I know. I'm having flashbacks. Hill Street's correct. Hill Street Blues. Okay. See, that's a hard one for us because we just have no idea. I say we quit now because I'm right. just feeling real bad about trivia. Let's today. quit while we're not ahead. <laughs> exactly. So, um, uh, Matt, we we teased a while ago this article on magic. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's hit on that before we do our our goals and send this on its merry way because it was an interesting article. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, an article called uh, "People Who Hate Magic Are." Higher in social aversive traits, according to new research. So uh, this is uh, this seemed pretty straightforward. Like I wasn't too surprised by everything that um, that kind of the study said. But it says that uh, people who are more uh, into openness are seem to appreciate magic, and they're more willing for awe and wonder to enter their lives. And people who are a little bit more closed off who see the world in black and white are a little bit more uh, anti-magic. Uh, they, they had a scale, what they call it? The, uh, the loathing of ledger domain scale, which assessed their emotional attitude towards magic. And they, uh, they surveyed uh, about uh, 1,500 participants in different groups. Some were English speaking, some were not. And they had some answer questionnaires about their awe proneness or their curiosity uh and how it was measured but the results are basically this and this is uh this is the part that's a little straightforward that i was like not surprised uh but people who held negative attitudes toward magic scored lower in open openness and experience they were also less prone to get absorbed and feel immersed experience awe or lose track of time Further, individuals who are more dogmatic or intolerant of uncertainty were more likely to dislike magic. And lastly, numerous disagreeable traits were associated with disliking magic. People lower in agreeableness, higher in psychopathy, (laughs) and interpersonal dominance were more likely to hate magic. What was the last one about dominance? uh, Interpersonal dominance. They they prefer interpersonal dominance. If they yeah, if they're higher in basically if they're if they have psychopathic tendencies and more interpersonal dominance, they were likely to hate magic. Wow, alphas. Yes, that was kind of yeah exactly. Now this is this is the part that I wanted to bring up because this is the two surprising parts for me in this article. Um, it says, interestingly, people higher in sadism had favorable attitudes towards magic, and they tried to justify this, and they were like, maybe it's the idea of deceiving someone and withholding information from them is why it's more sadistic to, or appeals to sadistic people, or maybe it's their they enjoy a certain genre of magic, like the torture-type magic of escapes or sawing a woman in half, that kind of thing. This or, is kind of speculation here. It's, yeah, part. They're, they're just guessing. Yeah, mm-hmm, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Or uh, it's also pas- possible sadists enjoy the moments in a magic show where an audience volunteer is surprised or confused. So it's like, it's, yeah. I think they're looking at it in a weird way where they've, they've found these tendencies in people, personality traits, and then they decided, oh, 
we're gonna lump all the sadists together and see right. why they like magic. How do that, you really define sadist? Uh, enjoying the the pain of others. Yeah, that's so bizarre. Yeah, it, it's very strange. So I don't think there's again the sample size of this seems very small, and some of the 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 testing is all very self uh, you know survey taking. So I don't know how specific this we could trust these results was it like a thousand people 1500 yeah okay so it's a relatively small sample and again they're self-answering questions about themselves so who knows yeah right? that can skew things like who, so who's answering that survey acknowledging that they're a sadist <laughs> right well it's it's the, there's questions that are designed to capture a profile of someone so it's not right. specifically going are you a sadist but it's like probably like do you agree with this situation and you know on the scale of depending on where they agree yeah but those questions are always so if you've ever taken a survey like they're always so very clear like instead of saying are you a messy person Mm -hmm. like the question is so obviously asking that it'd be like do you have trouble cleaning up your messes do you like (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. so i don't know i mean yeah I, i don't know how they did it but i mean part of it does seem true though at least just from an anecdotal point of view like yeah, if you don't like magic, you're more than likely a psychopath, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the excuse you're going to use when everyone, when anyone's got your arms crossed in your audience and looking is very upset. You could just be like, you know, studies say, you're yeah, right. A psychopath. <laughs> you don't even have to say that. Just point them at and go, point them and go, psycho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sadist. No, yeah. sadist. Love it. Yeah, so every exactly. time someone loves the show, they stand up, clap, smiling. You go, sadist. Yeah, I think that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> they both might be a stretch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I guess it's tendencies of it. Here's the part that I thought was the other surprising part. But again, they agree. They acknowledge they didn't test for this specifically. They said, and while the authors had no predictions regarding sex differences, they found that women had more negative attitudes towards magic compared to men. Now, from my experience, that is not the case. Um, I see a lot of uh, a lot of men more in the alpha state that dislike magic. Uh, but then again, it's a self-selecting crowd that comes to the magic show in the first place. So just maybe a, a lot more women aren't coming to magic in my audiences uh, yeah. to see. So I don't know. I don't know what that's your an interesting on that. one. I, that's an <laughs> interesting one, right? Because it does seem like even um, there's a comedian, Pete Holmes. Mm-hmm. well-known who had a well-known magic skit where he talked about like women love magic and men being obstinate. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, however, m- it appears uh, that, that, well, just at the magic convention, for example, for oh, whatever sure. reason, it's probably 95% men or something. Um, uh, if you look at analytics on Instagram, I have more men follow me than women. Right. Gotcha. Um, and I know other magicians that have told me the same thing. Because, you know, Instagram and Facebook breaks those things down, those demographics. Um, so maybe those maybe those who are taking to it do enjoy it. But, like, maybe more women in general are just not interested in ignoring magic. because right. like So we're not seeing their adverse reaction because they're just not even willing to engage with it in the first place, maybe? Yeah, and I think also because there's maybe a, such a larger male pool of people who come to magic shows or are interested in magic that you're also seeing I'm just anecdotally seeing more adverse effects from males because there's just more <laughs> that, right, that are coming right, yeah. right? but uh, I would agree that like yeah just based off of magic conventions alone people who get into magic are mostly you know 
white males uh, that are, you know, trying to, you know, uh, get into it for some reason or another, maybe from a childhood, you know, that whole uh, psychoanalyzing why people get into magic of like, maybe they're trying to show some sort of power or they were like younger or whatever that didn't have the social skills. That's all like the stereotypes about magic. Uh, and uh, the other, the other, there's so many hidden factors in this too, is uh, the fact that, you know, Pockets are such a big thing in magic. Mm -hmm. So, of mm -hmm. course, a lot of women don't get into magic because they have to work around the pocket problem. Um, so, I don't know. I, I thought initially my gut said, yeah, that seems backwards. But now that I'm thinking about it more, it's like, no, it does make sense in different ways. But, again, this article admits they didn't really specifically <laughs> look for that anyway. It yeah, I'd was, love again, to know the demographics. Like, analytical. Just yeah, I don't know the demographics of even my own show or other shows in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like it's probably 50-50 or close to sure. it. But, um, and, and that is true for, for social media, too. Like, it, it, it does skew male. It used to skew female. Mm -hmm. It changed. Um, and it's, it's not by a huge margin, but it does, it does skew male pretty, you know, fairly dominantly now. Um, well, here's anyway. the other thing I wanted to say. Maybe, too, that the negative ad towards, towards magic uh, that they found come from women more is also how people are treated at magic shows. I mean, we've seen so many people who are performers that are not, you know, with the times, doing sexist jokes, uh, mm -hmm. bringing up who they call the prettiest person in the audience just to get them on stage and be creepy around them. Like, there's so much of that that obviously uh, there needs to be a lot of correcting in the magic field. <laughs> but um, but maybe it's just like, yeah, many, many, many women have had bad experiences at magic shows just because of the magician and how they treated them. And maybe that's where their aversion to magic comes from as well. I, I would think I men know. too, though. I mean, right? Sure. We've seen yeah. men and women both sort of, I mean, tortured is a bit of an extreme word in most cases, but, um, you know, not, not given really the proper comfort that uh, an audience volunteer deserves. I Absolutely. think we see on both sides. Uh, but usually that's by inexperienced performers, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For the it's most the part, pros. if you're an experienced yeah. performer, you, you're pretty good at, at making the, the person feel Absolutely. properly comfortable yeah. and taken care of and confident mm -hmm. and all the rest. Mm -hmm. But anyway, really interesting article. I'd love to see more on it. Yeah. I'll post the uh, link to that in the show notes. If anyone wants to take a but more research, look. you know? Yeah. I would like to see actual like bigger studies and more. Why don't we conduct it? Man, we can barely get a podcast out every week. <laughs> you want us to run a psychology experiment? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's uh, let's talk about goals. Where are we at with that? Yeah, we left off uh, from previously uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I wanted to read one book and rest and get some sleep. Um, I did read one book, and mm -hmm. I'm reading another book, mm -hmm. and I'm resting. I did. I rested a bit, but also I was just go, go, going. So I didn't get much sleep. So I'm going to give myself, <laughs> I got half of my goal last week, correct? And those were sad goals and you only <laughs> got 50%. So easy. Of <laughs> I didn't do much Your else. goal was to sleep. <laughs> and I didn't really do that. <laughs> wow. How did I even let you get away with that? I know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel know. like we must have been in a rush towards the end. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Well, yeah, sleep. That sounds good. You, I have to hold you more accountable. You got to hold me accountable to hold yeah. you accountable. <laughs> All right. Give me a good one this week for you. Uh, I'm going to write this week. I'm working on a new piece and I'm going to spend all day actually like working out the bones and the methods that I want. I want a little more it. information. 
Um, I can't at this time, but it's a piece that'll be in a future show. It's a. Big is it piece. A, is it for something to be performed on stage? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right uh, stage piece. All right, right stage piece. And when also, do you want to have this piece integrated into a show? Do you have a deadline? I don't have a deadline yet because I'm still okay. kind of deciding where okay. um this goes. Well, well, did I just see a no, clue as to No, no, you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I uh, saw a clue. Uh, write stage piece, figure out methods, uh, and then I'm also going to spend some time on uh, this podcast, podcast work behind the scenes. Okay. All right. My goal will be... Well, last week you, or two weeks ago, you had a, you had books as well, and you also had meditation and rest. So you hey, no, meditation's same. a good one. Let me tell you, I'm 40 days straight without missing a single day. Wow, there and you I'm go. doing like you know half hour a day, things like mm-hmm. that. I just did mm-hmm. a half hour before we jumped on, so that's actually a real deal. Okay, real deal. That's a real deal one. Rest was just in there because I was on vacation. Going knew knew I was going to be on vacation, and I did bring my books and I did read them. So check mark for the goals for the past couple Good. of weeks. You did here. better than me, yeah. <laughs> but I do want to come up with a, a reasonable goal between now and next week, and a tangible um, goal, yeah. Yeah, and I do have lots to get done between now and next week. So let me see if I can um, figure. Okay. I did get some toys at Magic Live, and I'm very, very nervous. Not nervous, um, but I, like I said, I went up to one booth and said, give me give me everything you got. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure these things don't just end up in a drawer. Yes. So I want to actually take the time to play with the toys. Because this is a very – I know that sounds like an easy goal, but any magicians listening, we all have the drawer of, of props that many of them have never been touched, right? Which is why right. I've like shifted to only getting books nowadays. Exactly. Um, but I got all these toys, and I want to not just be the stereotype that just lets them sit in a drawer and never gets to them. I want to play with them. I want to practice them. I want to appreciate them. I want to put them on social media. I want to have some fun. So let's let's try for that. Okay, I have uh, learned them, practiced them, and not put them in a drawer. Beautiful toys from Magic Live. Amazing. Yes, sir. Well, all right, Matt, brothers. What about your plugs? No. No, I'm done. No, okay. I'll plug something. I'll plug. Uh, well, I guess will people hear this in the if it comes out in the morning? Uh, you know what? It doesn't matter when it comes out because the link will be online. But I'm on the Nick Cannon show. When this airs, it'll be today, so to speak. But you can find it on YouTube as well. We'll get a link in there either next week or what have you. But it's a show called Nick Cannon, and I do some magic on there. Check that out and come and see the show in Vegas. We have three new pieces in the show. If you haven't seen it since pre-pandemic and the production's been revamped, mattfranco.com for your tickets. See you soon. That's great. I'm at a Speakeasy Magic tonight, and I've been filling in there quite often. So uh, buy tickets in advance to Speakeasy Magic. Uh, just Google it. It's at the McKittrick Hotel uh, through their website. And then you can also uh, book me for shows at ericdittleman.com. See where I'm going to be next. Uh, and also, uh, I'm still doing virtual shows, apparently, it seems. So, <laughs> so I was very busy on my birthday doing them. Uh, but for us at the podcast, visit us at mindovermagicpodcast.com. And uh, we would love to hear your thoughts and comments. Did you agree with this psychological article about uh, people's aversions to uh, magic? Uh, or do you have other questions or topics that you want me and Matt to address? Uh, email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, stay up to speed with us on our socials at mindmagicpod. Is that Take everything, care, everybody. Matt? Have we done it? 
Take care, everybody. Thank you. It's over. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.